My name is Joe Ludwig, co-host of the Craft Parenting Podcast, a podcast about two Cincinnati craft beer lovers, lovers with a parenting problem. Thank you so much for checking out this video. I would appreciate it if you would click that thumbs up button and subscribe to this channel. If you want to support the Craft Parenting Podcast, we have a Buy Me a Coffee account, and I will put the link in the description if you are interested in that. So the Future Freaks Me Out is a a segment of the Craft Parenting Podcast where I give my perspective on technology-related, lately it's been technology-related issues that have been being, that have popped up in the news, things like AI, self-driving cars, and um, today I am going to be talking about social media, and I am going to give my perspective as a father of two small kids. So I want to start off this segment by talking about dopamine. Now, Modern tech, especially social media sites like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, etc. These function, these, uh, these, all these, all of these sites are, uh, they function by exploiting dopamine. So what is dopamine? And I have a um, article from WebMD that kind of goes into what dopamine is, if you are not familiar. Dopamine is a type of neurotransmitter. Your body makes it, and your nervous system uses it to send messages between nerve cells. And that is why it is sometimes called a chemical messenger. Dopamine plays a role in how we feel pleasure. It is a big part of our unique human ability to think and plan. It helps us strive, focus, and find things interesting. Your body spreads it along four major pathways in the brain, like most like most other systems in the body. You don't notice it, or maybe even know about it, until there's a problem. Too much or too little of it can lead to a vast range of health issues. So here are some of the basics. They say uh, it's made in the brain through a two-step process. First, it changes the amino acid tryptophan to a substance called dopa and then into dopamine. It affects many parts of your behavior and physical functions, such as learning, motivation, heart rate, blood vessel, blood vessel function, kidney function, lactation, sleep, mood, attention, control of nausea and vomit, vomiting, pain processing, and movement. So this is kind of what I wanted to touch on. The role in mental health. It's hard to pinpoint a single cause of most mental health disorders and challenges, but they're often linked to too much or too little dopamine in different parts of the brain. Um, so dopamine... Um, Dopamine is a chemical that it's also called the pleasure. And this is just me talking. I'm not at WebMD. But it's also called the pleasure chemical. So 
Um, if someone gives you a compliment, if they give you a hug, if they um, if they're nice to you, uh, your brain lets off this chemical to let you know that this is good. And social media sites like Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, I've already covered this, but uh, this is their main. This is how these sites function. When you post something on one of these sites, people can like it, can like your post. Just like this video, YouTube functions the same way. Um, and when people see that you like something that you said, your, your body releases dopamine and says, this is good. And um, if more, the more people that like your content, the more dopamine that you get. And dopamine is also very addictive. So these uh, technology sites, they use uh, some kind of, they are powered by an algorithm of some type. So we have social media. So these are some of the technologies that uses an algorithm. Um, Social media sites, we already covered this, but uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, these are all powered by algorithms. News aggregators like Google News, um, Flipboard, search engines, Google especially, and Bing. Um, shopping sites like Amazon, streaming services, Netflix, etc. The algorithm on these social media sites is fueled by engagement and it's designed to be addictive, to keep you coming back again and again. So these companies can get their advertising cash. The more daily users that these platforms get, the more they take in from advertisers. That is the reality of, of these sites. Humans by nature are social creatures. We want to be popular with our peers. Too often, um, we, especially younger people, tend to gravitate towards the popular thing to do. And in the, this digital age where we use platforms that are designed to be addictive, this can mean a wide variety of strange behaviors, such as, we are gonna go down memory lane of all the weird things that we have done because of algorithms, we have the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Uh, do you remember this? Um, if you're younger, you probably don't, but um, I think it was 2012. There was this viral trend where people dumped ice on themselves, ice water on themselves, and then they donated to ALS. And, and then you had to challenge your friends to do it. Um, and celebrities did it, and it was this huge thing for like a month where people made videos of themselves, including me. And Caroline, we all, we all did it. Uh, we dumped ice water on ourselves for, um, for charity, I guess. And uh, these things, it's, it's pretty harmless, right? Dumping ice water on yourself, for, and then it goes to a good cause, sure. Pretty harmless. These these behaviors get more strange, however. 
So we have the famous Tide Pod Challenge where uh, a bunch of teenagers decided that it would be fun, I guess, to eat to eat um, Tide Pods or make videos of themselves eating Tide Pods um, and then posting them on social media. And then everyone thought that that was the popular thing to do. So then they continued to make videos and then the cycle just percolated until, um, yeah, so this is a CBS this is uh, very dangerous. Don't do this. Please. Um, but the, the, the behaviors powered by these... Um, by these... The social media in particular and YouTube algorithms. They get stranger. There is the condom challenge. Uh, this... First we planked, then we ice bucketed, and now we condom challenge, where uh, people are, um, according to this picture, uh, they are putting them over their head, which I guess, sure, I don't understand why, but um, at some point someone started this and uh, it got shared, which uh, the algorithm picked up and people clicked on it. And they, they, they got the likes, they got that dopamine hit. And then more people, because we're addicted to dopamine now, um, and we want that social clout, we want to be popular, um, more and more people just started doing it and just became this, this cycle. There's, of course, the milk crate challenge where a bunch of, again, this was started on TikTok. Teenage, I think during the pandemic, bored teenagers stood on a bunch of milk crates and then they got hurt. And then they shared that videos of themselves getting hurt. People thought it was funny because, and people, certain, these teenagers, I guess, uh, searching for those likes and the, again, the dopamine. They decided to film themselves do it, and then it just, again, it became a trend. So I could, all these, all of these situations are examples of a phenomenon called uh, social contagion. I could go on. Um, there's, I'm sure, many other trends out there, um, but I think you get the picture. There never seems to be a short supply of the next big thing. Um so what is social contagion? Because I think uh, that's where um, I am interested in, in this video in particular. So I have a couple, of, I have an article from Psychology Today. What is social contagion? How others secret, secretly control your behavior? And I'm going to read this story. It was written by uh, Ronald E. Rigorell, a PhD, and it was co-authored by Clara Riggio. Um, okay, so I'll just read and then we can kind of go from there. 
Um, here are some of the key points, though. Social contagion is the spread of emotions or behaviors from one individual to another, sometimes without awareness. Social contagion processes become problematic when they lead to spates of aggressive or self-injurious behaviors. Example of social contagion is the 1962 June bug, where workers developed all the same psychology induced symptoms psychologically induced symptoms Um, in june 1962 dozens of workers in a textile factory came down with the same physical symptoms rashes numbness numbness of the hands and feet and episodes of nausea Uh, it was initially believed that the factory had been infested with some kind of toxic insect that had been that had bitten the workers. This became known as the June bug epidemic. So what happened? They say it was determined that this was a form of mass hysteria or social contagion. Some workers developed these psychologically induced symptoms, and others developed the same complaints as the as the disease spread from worker to worker. Social contagion sometimes unwittingly spread of emotions or behaviors from one individual to another. Emotional contagion is the spread of emotions through crowds and is the reason why a movie seems funnier if we are in a crowded theater as opposed to watching it alone. Our mood is influenced by those laughing around us. The same process would cause a stampeding stampeding wave of fear if someone were to suddenly yell fire in a crowded theater. So a study by Friedman and Riggio, 1981, found that emotionally expressive individuals, persons who displayed high high instances of nonverbal cues of emotion, primarily, primarily facial expressions, were able to infect the emotions and moods of others in the room without any verbal interaction. Subsequent research found that certain individuals are more prone to emotional contagion processes. Um, Daughtry, 1997. Behavioral contagion is a process in which others' behaviors are replicated. This explains fads such as Rubik, the Rubik, Rubik's Cube craze of the 1970s and the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge where individuals film themselves dumping a bucket of ice water on their head in a campaign to promote awareness of ALS. This we understand, as I just talked about it. Where social contagion processes become problematic is when there is a spread among people of harmful behaviors. Okay. So I I think I covered that as well. Um, Things like the milk... The milk uh, crate challenge, the Tide Pod challenge, the condom challenge, etc. This we understand. So, um, so the the phenomenon of as as I read, the phenomenon of social contagion has been around for a while. Um, things, uh, you know, they 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 studied it in the sixties. And there are instances of the 70s. So I think social media is something that amplifies it and makes it more noticeable and more frequent, in my opinion. 
Um, and that is why we have all of these different trends going on in social media. And um, most of these things are harmless. Um, some of these things are harmful, like the Tide Pod Challenge. Um, and when you are a parent and you have kids on these social media sites, uh, it's just something that you have to be aware. You have to be aware that dopamine is addictive. Um, and uh, I don't think young kids understand that. Uh, but as parents, we should understand that. And we need to uh, definitely limit exposure to these sites. So as users of social media, we are always looking for the next hit of dopamine to make us feel good. We are always looking for more ways to get likes, to go viral, to get our 10 minutes of fame. Um, just think of where the Charlie Bit Me guide is today. Um, Charlie Bit Me, you know that guy, right? He was a little kid. Um, and he bit, he bit his brother. And then people made him a meme and a uh, video clip. In a song. I think there was a song as well. People made YouTube videos. Uh, so it's important to understand and be aware how these platforms work, especially as parents of kids who currently use or might use these platforms someday. We have to protect them or they will get manipulated into doing something or saying something that they might regret or they could get hurt. Um, and I am not talking about the, you know, doing silly things like dumping a bucket of ice water on yourselves for charity. Uh, so, for example, um, I, I found a couple of articles, especially related to TikTok, um, several sources, um, that say that teen girls are um, getting these uh, ticks. You know, they're, they're twitching. Um, and uh, mysterious ticks. Teen girls are seeking medical help for mysterious ticks from Fortune. They might be from TikTok, from psych, psych, psychiatric news, out. Outbreak of sudden ticks among teen girls has surprising global similarity. Hmm. Uh, from the Cleveland Clinic. Is TikTok causing teen ticks in teen girls? What parents need to know? Um, I'm going to read this one. I think they all pretty much say the same, but I'm going to read the Cleveland Clinic. And uh, this was... Well, I don't think it had, it don't say who it's from, but this was published November 10th, 2021. Um, and they say, ticks are more common in young boys than in teenage girls. So medical professors around the world, professionals around the world were surprised and stumped when the pandemic began and teen girls started coming down, started coming to them in droves to report the sudden onset of uncomfortable physical and verbal ticks. The ticks... Uh, mimic those seen in Tourette's syndrome, a neurological disorder that causes uncontainable movements and vocal sounds. But Tourette's, which is relatively uncommon, is four times more likely in boys than in girls and typically presents between ages five and seven. 
So why the sudden rise in teen girls experiencing Tourette's-like symptoms? Well, pediatric neurologi- neurolo- neurologist Muhammad al-Dazari, MD, sorry if I mispronounced that, um, talks about this disconcerting data, including the role of social media platform TikTok and what parents can do. And um, they continue, a rise in teen girls with Tourette's like dicks. Throughout the pandemic, doctors began seeing more and more teenage girls who are experiencing a sudden appearance of verbal and motor tics. They shout the same phrases over over and ever seemingly at random and display jerking and flapping movements. As doctors across geographic regions began to communicate with one another, they realized that they were all seeing the same thing around the world. Initially, everyone thought they were seeing an isolated phenomenon, Dr. Aldazari says, but in turn, but it turns out that we're all seeing it, a different age of onset and disturbingly an explosive onset. Um, in just a few hours, maybe a day or two girls who have no history of text suddenly start to experience a lot of movement and vocalization. Many teens report having been removed from classes at school for being disruptive due to their inability to control their tics. One study found that these sudden onset tics were overall severe and frequent, occurring about 29 times per minute. And before the pandemic, the sudden onset of unexplained tics accounted for only about 1% of total uh, tick disorder cases in August. In August 2021 study, however, shows that they now account for up to 35% of cases. So it went up, it went from 1% before the pandemic to 35% um, after the pandemic in, or in 2021. Okay, so they continue. TikTok ticks. What teens are doing. Globally, doctors were seeing the teens with sudden onset ticks shouted the exact same phrases and, and experienced the same uncontrolled movements. Repetition of seemingly random words or phrases, including beans, woohoo, and flying shark. Repetition of swear words and other obscene phrases, hand and arm movements, including clapping and pointing, hitting or banging body parts, and other other people or objects. Um, The similarities in ticks, especially given patients' geographic distance, gave doctors their first clue that social media was the root of the phenomenon. That's because true Tourette syndrome ticks are unique to each person, not so overwhelmingly alike. Um, When we noticed that we were all seeing similar presentations, that was the first alarm that this was not Tourette's, Elder Zari says. Um, It turns out that these ticks are specific to a few content creators on TikTok, individuals with Tourette syndrome whose videos have been viewed hundreds of thousands, if not millions of times. Of times. So why, uh, they continue, why teens are developing tics during the pandemic. Teens experiencing sudden onset tics do not have Tourette's syndrome, Dr. Alzari says, even if the behavior seems similar. Rather, studies show that they're experiencing a movement disorder brought on by stress and anxiety, presumably made worse by the 
pandemic and teens increased social media consumption. These ticks are a complex way for the brain to release overwhelming stress. Dr. Al-Zuzari explains, essentially their brains express an emotional stressor as a physical disorder. Teens who are prone to depression and anxiety are more likely to develop this condition and teenage girls are more likely to have depression and anxiety are more likely to have depression and anxiety than teenage boys which may explain the rise in ticks in teen girls in particular boys are typically the ones who have typical ticks dr al dazari says but anxiety is more dominant in girls and girls may be more susceptible to being affected by influencers for good or for bad, both uh, before and during the pandemic. All of that is, I think, why we are seeing this happen more in girls. Um, Are they making it up? The article continues. Though these uh, teens' tics aren't indicative of Tourette's syndrome, they're still very real and very troubling, Dr. Al-Dazari says. If you're the parent of a teen who's experiencing these tics, Check your in- inclination to chalk it up to drama or, or pur- purposeful imitation. Uh, these teens do not intend to take on tick-like behaviors, and so they become distressed when their families or medical professionals just ex- just dismiss them or even doubt them. The worst message they can get is that they're faking it. Okay. Uh, so what to do for teens and with sudden ticks. Dr. Aldazari says teenage patients and their families are likely to be reassured by the knowledge that this is now a known medical issue and that there's nothing physically wrong with their brains. Um, now that we can say that this is, has been seen before and that, and that it's the response of your brain when it's under extreme stress and overwhelm, he says, and um, and then most of these young people would benefit from behavioral therapy. Um, while people with Tourette's syndrome frequently benefit from using medications when behavioral therapy alone is not helpful, uh, Dr. Al-Dazari says teens with TikTok-induced tics will benefit more from therapy. Of course, it can take a while for therapy to work. It's magic and for patients to start to experience its impact. But with time, care, and attention, teens can learn to address and manage their stress and with it to address and manage their tics. Okay, so final paragraph. Can TikTok-induced tics be prevented? When it comes to social media, this should be a wake-up call for us all. Dr. Al-Jazari says responsible digital consumption is key. Whether your child has yet begun using social media or already spends a lot of time on it, having the conversation now about the risks of being online too much, not just text, but everything from self-esteem issues to doom scrolling, from risk-taking to sleep problems. Do your best to be careful about how you introduce social media, what sites your child uses, and who they follow, and their overall amount of exposure to social media, Dr. Al-Tazari says. Kids who are anxious or heavily influenced by others may need more counsel and moderation ahead of time before they even get to this point. So I agree with that, um, especially with TikTok and all these uh, algorithm-based platforms. Um, 
the algorithm doesn't, it's not being monitored. It, it, it's fueled by engagement. What the algorithm pushes in front of your child could be a negative thing or a positive thing. But there's no one monitoring it. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. No one is monitoring what the algorithm is pushing. Um, so that leaves us as the parent. It is our job to monitor what our child's consu- children consume and uh, what they don't consume and to uh, watch and limit as much as possible. Uh, um, I thought I read as well that the ticks were caused by, um, oh yeah, I think it did say that. Uh, Kids were watching people with Tourette's and then they were mimicking um, those people with Tourette's. But this doctor is saying um, that his take isn't, you know, such a social contagion or it's more teens are stressed. So additionally, people are getting plastic surgery to look like Snapchat, Instagram, and filters. Um, so again, there's a variety of sources. Um, CNN Business says... Plastic surgery inspired by filters and photo editing apps isn't going away. Uh, Time Magazine says people are getting plastic surgery to look like Snapchat filters, doctors warn. Let's go ahead and read this one. This was written by... uh, Hang on. Let's read the most recent one by CNN Business. This was written by Samantha... Murphy Kelly. Uh, February 10th, 2020. And they say, over the years, a number of publications have covered the controversial trend of plastic surgeries inspired by photo filters on social media, with headlines calling it troubling, disturbing, and desperate. And yet that trend often referred to as Snapchat dysphoria did I use that dysphoria? Only continues to grow despite the concerns about it, experts say. Some, like public relations experts, Carla, public relations expert executive Carla Barbosa, are proudly embracing the concept. She recently broadcast her treatment of a gold microinfusion facial, a procedure that uses small needers to reduce the size of pores and with the intention of making the skin look airbrushed to her more than 31,000 followers. It's like a real-life filter for your face, she captioned the clip. Seriously, glass skin. Seriously, glass skin. As Barbosa explained on CNN Business, if you want to tweak a photo a little bit more to feel a bit more confident or get a facial or Botox filter to make you feel more confident. That's up to the person and how they feel. The American Society of Plastic Surgeons confirmed anecdotes like this are increasingly common from plastic surgeons across the country, but was unable to share any specific data around the trend at this time. Trend of receiving cosmetic procedures inspired by edited photos posted across sites such as Instagram and Snapchat has been subject to scrutiny for 
potentially perpetrating an unrealistic obsession with correcting subjective flaws. The term Snapchat dysphobia dysphobia is related to a mental health condition called body dysphormic dysphormic disorder. Oh my God. In which a person can spend hours thinking about their minor or perceived physical flaws, whether it's skin imperfections, weight, or a crooked smile. BBD, which often causes emotional distress and interferes with daily activities, affects 1 in 50 people, according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. I strongly believe that we have to properly properly investigate the importance that apps and filters might be having on different groups who are more vulnerable of their appearances. Dr. Kamashan Rafuel, author of the 2018 white paper, is Snapchat dysphoria a real issue, told uh, CNN Business. Do teenagers know that these filters don't reflect changes they need? And do these filters make them feel ugly and ashamed of their current appearance? We need more research to answer these questions. So um, I'm going to conclude this video with um, we went from uh, the social contagion of and the algorithms pushing us on these social media sites. We went from dumping a bucket of ice water on our head for charity to eating Tide Pods to... um, uh, putting condoms over our heads or snorting condoms or whatever the condom challenge was um, to jumping off of to stacking a bunch of milk cartons and jumping off them to uh, now um, apparently uh, uh, using plastic surgery to make us look like these filters from these uh, apps, these social media apps like um I didn't talk much about Snapchat, but Snapchat is is a part of this. Don't get me wrong as well. Uh, so um, I feel that these trends are only going to get more extreme as time goes on. And um, as a father as of, of two young kids who are not on social media, but um, will be, I, I guess, at some point, um, it, it kind of uh, gives me pause. Um, if I had my way, I, they would not be on social media. Um, but uh, they are still very young, uh, so um, social media may not even exist by the time they're of that. Uh, by the time they're teenagers, it may be something different. <laughs> Um, like virtual reality or um, or something else, but um, the the filters. Uh, going back to this story, the filters um, and um, and distinguishing what is reality versus uh, not reality. Um, that is a very big issue. I feel like in today's day and age, especially with. Um, you know, social media pushing people using social media to act like um, this is the popular issue um, when it's not in real life. Uh, sometimes 
social media is not real life and people can use these apps to manipulate uh, reality. What is reality? So um, as parents, I guess my point is, like I just said, we have to be aware of this. We have to be aware of um, these trends. We have to um, understand that having a million likes on a picture, it doesn't mean anything in reality. You might get that. It might feel good in the moment. Um, but it doesn't mean anything in real life. Um, so, um, and it's not just teenagers that need to realize this, it's adults as well. Um, and here I am on YouTube, um, you know, searching for, you know, I'm talking to a camera, but, um, into the ether, into the internet. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just as guilty. So uh, we just have to understand and we have to uh, limit our exposure to this stuff because I don't think we understand it. Um, we're just studying it now or gathering the data. I don't think we understand the impact of what the internet is having on our mental health and our physical health, you know. So uh, what do you think? Let me know in the comments below. And if you like this video, uh, give me that dopamine hit by uh, clicking that like button and share it with your friends and subscribe to the channel for more. And um, I will see you next time for another episode of The Future Freaks Me Out.